Welcome, everybody, to That Reminds Me Of. This episode, we are talking about Reboot Camp, which has premiered, I think, at the Austin Film Festival in Texas. That's right. And this show is uh, That Reminds Me Of, and it's all about films that we've watched and the films they remind us of. It's spoiler heavy, so if you don't want spoilers for this particular film, you might want to go off and watch it first. Otherwise, listen on. You've been warned. Reboot Camp, Aaron, did you have high or low expectations of this film? I had relatively medium expectations. I don't know. <laughs> how, how lame is that? I Just, know. You're Look, not taking a side. I really didn't know. I actually had no idea. I, I saw, uh, wait, was there a trailer for this? I can't remember if we saw the yeah, trailer. Yeah, there was. There was. I think the trailer looked like it could be okay, but... Mm. It also looked like it could be not okay. It's, it was one of those. I was definitely on the fence coming in. I think that's why I asked the question because I was on the fence as well and, and I could, could have made a case for how it was going to be wonderful or terrible and I was just interested in what, what your, <laughs> your going in state of mind was. Okay, what hooked me was the premise. And yes. actually, tell you what, let's just do a, let's, let's get straight into a synopsis, shall we? And then that'll get the premise across and then we can get into details. We don't mess around on this show. We don't mess around. Reboot camp. Okay. So this really is a mockumentary, this film. It's a mockumentary about two brothers who decide to create a cult uh, in Hollywood and attract a whole bunch of followers. I think that they, they think it's going to be small to start with. Um, mm. But the point of it is, is that they want to create a cult, get these followers in, get them hooked, and then reveal to them and via this documentary, The World, that this is how easy it is to hook people in into cults. And it's a sham and it's something that's happening all over the world. Uh, I think they start off by saying 1% of Americans are in a cult. So that's this is part of their reasoning for doing it. It's supposedly altruistic. Uh, mm. And the younger brother is Danny. He's a filmmaker. So he's interested in making the documentary that's going to you know elevate his career. His brother, uh, Seymour, who then plays the character Gordon St. Pierre, who's the sort of guru leader of the cult, uh, is a little harder to understand. I think he's semi in it because he just wants like an acting gig um, and maybe wants to make something with his brother. He's had a bit of a rough separation from his wife and I think he's mm -hmm. just looking for the next thing to do maybe. It's hard to, hard to really know what his motivations are. Yep. Uh, and all of that at first goes fairly well, swimmingly well, I would say. They get their little cult happening and they're getting, things seem to be happening just a little too easily. And and in the mix of this is a lot of cameos from Hollywood stars that you don't know the names of these people, but you know their faces. <laughs> Probably the only one you know the name of is Ja Rule, right? Um, and then while all of this feels a little bit odd and you're kind of going for the ride, it doesn't really kick off, I think, until... Um, the story kicks off and that is really when they um, run into some funding problems and the only way they're going to get more money out of the producer is to hire the producer's cousin or niece or nef niece Rel relative relative and um, she comes <laughs> se in se sexy relative sexy sort of b-grade hollywood uh, <laughs> relative claire 
she comes yeah. into the mix and suddenly she's almost like within minutes seeing the money possibilities behind this mm. sham of a cult and starts driving a wedge between the two brothers and causing all sorts of chaos. And uh, it, goes, it goes off on its wild little ride from there. I think that covers it. I think it does. And it goes on several twists and turns from there and Inception-like kind of it's a movie within a movie within a movie in a way. So it gets quite confusing, but it's fun pretty much all through uh, at a base level. Like, what, what did you think? Did you, did you find it fun? Was it enjoyable? Look, I'm going to be honest about mm. this. I did not enjoy this film. Um, however, I think that's a bit of a blanket statement and, and not really paying tribute to all the effort that's gone into mm. this film. And there are things about it that I did enjoy. But on mm. a whole... I felt it to be quite meandering and didn't really cut to the chase or or hit me in the guts with some sort of meaningful statement at any point. Um, so I just, I struggled with it a bit. You know, sometimes with, with some of these uh, films, you get halfway through and mm. you're like, oh, I don't know if I can keep going. And then something happens that sort of sucks you in. Well, it sort of happened a little bit when Claire arrived and started driving a, like a wedge between the brothers, but it still wasn't quite enough for me to, to really hook me yeah. in. Um, and I ended up watching, the, you know, all the way through to sort of see where it was going to go, but like it just didn't ever really deliver quite like I hoped it would. So that's a fair call. Is it the tension between documentary or in this case mockumentary and then the necessity halfway through to get some plot-driven momentum you know because i i think if you if you're talking mockumentary it's almost enough just to have a cool premise and get some gags out of pretending to be real but then when you introduce a storyline uh then you start judging it on the storyline as well as the the giggles i don't know yeah. it's, it's a hard it's hard balancing act and i think it felt like they did it all quite organically and they just got the footage that they needed and pieced it together in some semi-cool way. I think I've nailed down what I think is probably one of the issues here. I would love to know what you um, enjoyed about it first before we get mm. into that. What what were the things that you think worked about it? What did hook you in as you were going along? Well, from the very outset, it didn't hook me in. Like I was worried when I saw the setup. It did feel straight away like they'd hired some fancy place in LA and got all their LA mates to, to come over and have a party and then just shoot something. So it, it looked, I wouldn't say unprofessional, but it looked like it was tacked together from the start. So it, I started from a low base, but then it, it gradually got me in because I thought the premise was, was so good. And the performance of Gordon St-Pierre, is that? Gordon Saint-Gordon, St-Pierre, Pierre. I think he, <laughs> I can't say it. He held it all together. He, and like, it. he did do a good you know, job. And that. you're you're on for that ride and you're seeing the gullibility of everyone. And there really is a message in that. That was the setup that they're trying to expose. I know it's all fictional, but they were kind of exposing, you know, people's susceptibility to it. So I, I liked I liked that and I like mockumentaries in general. Mm, I like um, mockumentaries in general too. Okay, so here's what got me about it. It really proved to me that fact actually is stranger than fiction in a way. And I just got a real sense of that. Like I've recently seen Wild Wild Country and Going Clear, documentaries mm. like this, right, that are all about cults and cult-like religions and they're, they're stranger and crazier than, than, than this is, you know, and this is something that's been imagined by some people uh, and it's not as crazy 
as the the real versions of these things. I just found it really hard to go along for the ride because the whole time I was thinking, well, that's interesting. However, way more kind of crazy batshit stuff happens in Wild Wild Country, for instance. Yeah, I think I think that was my main issue. I think that's a fair call. And and upon reflection, one thing I really like about mockumentaries is that for the good ones, you usually go half two-thirds, sometimes even the whole bloody film, not being quite sure if this is taking the mickey or not. Yes. You know, and with this one, maybe for, the, for five minutes at the start, maybe I wondered, maybe they did really try and fool people in their ta- taping it, but not really. There were too many over-the-top telltale signs early on that this was all a joke. That that meant you couldn't really have that uncertainty and, and the, the little tingles that go with not knowing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something about having all of the Hollywood stars in there mm. and just how glossy it all was, right? It's it's really well like put together. The production on it's great. Like it looks mm. really great. It's really well put together. Um, the sound is flawless all the time. Like you, you can tell, I don't know when it was made, but it's almost, it feels a lot like a whole bunch of Hollywood filmmakers and stars just had a bit of free time, right? And so yeah. they decided to pull this thing together. It's kind of got that feeling about it. And even the fact that for me, I, the comedy is good, but it's sort of not, you know, pushed to that next level. Felt a little bit like they were maybe writing on the, on the go or there was a bit of free time involved in it, you know? I started comparing in my head to things like... Um, Anything by Sasha Baron Cohen, like anything mm. Borat or onwards, any of those uh, where you drop this guy in the middle of a situation and the, the stuff that happens with, with people who actually don't know what's going on is just mm. so wild and, pu- and pushes the boundaries so much. I was expecting something like that, just a little more crazy, a little bit more kind of balls on the edge. Yeah. And, and it all feels a little safe. Yeah, that's true. When you know in some of the scenes where you can tell they're acting, mm. it, it loses it. You know they're acting throughout, but sometimes it's it's more organic and then other times they've staged the whole scene Yeah, and that you can tell and it, it loses a bit. And as soon as you see Eric Roberts, for example, just arrive at a scene, you automatically know that, you know, this isn't fly on the wall. Like he's just happened to be in town and they've they've got a bit of his time yeah and therefore absolutely. it is it's all a setup and then you know why bother in a way yep and uh you know ja rule and david keckner in in a scene together like it's fun they're a fun combination of people mm. not i just felt like it wasn't pushed far enough and you can tell yeah. ja rule's struggling with the acting <laughs> honestly <laughs> although credit to him i yeah i agree it could have been pushed further but I watched the Q&A for this, so I saw the, um, or at least some of it, and it seemed to be that the filmmakers uh, did just um, opportunistically grab some of these people and they came onto set and they just filmed them and then tried to piece that together into the final final work. And that's pretty cool. Like, you'd, you'd do the same thing if you were making the film, wouldn't you? It's tough, isn't it? Because I do, I really respect that kind of filmmaking and that Mm. gumption to just, you know, grab people and pull them in. Um, And I think that the the trio at the center of this, basically Gordon St. Pierre, David and Claire, like they are solid. And that little story works 
Um, and there's actually, it's a little bit sort of touching towards the end. And a lot of that stuff is actually pretty solid. Um, I think maybe if this was filmed somewhere else, seemingly on a lower budget with less recognizable stars, you might come at yeah. it and approach it slightly differently. It's funny that, isn't it? It's sort of like there's a perceived quality that needs to come with all of the stars, even I, though, though that actually has nothing to do with anything, really. <laughs> you know? It's funny you say that because, yeah, I, I remember watching the preview and I can't remember who I would have seen, but it would have been, you know, one or two of these, the, the bigger names. Mm. And I, from that, thought that this is going to be a pretty polished production. So I was expecting something, you know, Adam Sandler style of that type of quality. I'm not sure quality is the right word, but that type of look and feel. Yeah. And then when I jumped straight into it and it did look like someone with their mates all hiring out a, an Airbnb, I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but I, it took me off guard. It wasn't what I'd expected. And then gradually then you get all the big names come in and that you have to readjust your thinking again. Yeah. So it, it sort of just took took you off balance a few times like that. Yeah, it's a, it's an unusual film. I mean, I can see why it's it's doing the rounds and it's getting into festivals because there is an appeal there. There definitely is. There's just something about it that falls flat, and I can't figure out all of it. I think we've come at mm. we've come at some of it. Um, and for instance, like for me, a good example, a good indicator is is Edith. It, it looked like it was going to be fun. I said, Edith, you might want to watch this one with me. And Edith being your wife. Edith being my who wife. Who haven't? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> We're sitting on the couch together and within a minute, she's like, oh, Ja Rule's in there. And I was like, yes, he is. Ah, maybe you might like this one. We'll just see what happens. And then five minutes later, I can see she's just like, what is this? And then 10 minutes after that, I'm like, so what do you think so far? And she's like, "I, no, nah, you're gonna have to watch this one on your own. <laughs> so like she was out, you know, and we've talked a little bit about sort of some of the the, the crowd-pleasing types of films. I think this mm -hmm. one's the sort of film that you hope at a festival kind of gets the whole room laughing, and um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it would, would achieve that. It was very L.A., wasn't it? Very, yeah. Maybe also a couple Aussie guys, we're just, you know, missing something here, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's possible. Maybe. <laughs> well, we're, we, we're astute enough to see that it's very L.A., and mm -hmm. then, you know, perhaps some of the... The jokes are very LA, but they they seemed like they had a, a blast filming it. And I can imagine, you know, if it were our film, I think we'd be thrilled with it. The The whole experience of making it, uh, I, I think they all did live in that house, which might have been Frank Sinatra's old house or some crazy backstory like that. Really? Some, I, I could be getting it wrong. But there's some significance to the house. Wow. And they're all, they all stayed there and room shared and... It was just like a big party atmosphere. And if you tie that in with some ad-libbing along the way and opportunistic sort of shots and then uh, visits by celebs and trying to include them, that would have been just all pretty fun. And then to have a movie at the end of it that fits together, it works. Yeah, it, it works does. as a it film. It has an arc. I think that's a, a triumph of sorts, you know, mm. <laughs> um, even if we've got criticisms. Look, I think you're right. I think you're right. That would be so much fun. So much fun. That whole experience. Living in the place, having uh, having celebrities coming and going, piecing mm. this thing together. You know what I think they needed? 
now that we're talking about it on this level. What they I, needed you or you or me as you know on set. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not not anything we could have helped with. I think they needed a, a like a writer's room of just funny writers. You know, they mm. needed maybe to add to their set or their location an extra room with just two or three funny funny writers that were just knocking out jokes for the different characters that they could try plus more ad-libbing uh, i mean maybe all that happened maybe all that happened but it just feels like maybe it needed that extra level of comedy extra level of craziness just to take it that step further that would have you know made the whole thing more of a a, a crazy fun ride yeah yeah good call uh do we want to get into reminds me of yes i don't have loads but I will mention one from made by a filmmaker in Perth, actually, a mate of mine, oh, Aaron McCann. We? I know. He made a film called Top Knot Detective. It's a mockumentary. It's about a Japanese actor who was in a cheesy monkey kind of style show um, about a detective, mm. a Japanese detective. It's sort of like a samurai film noir thing. And <laughs> um, and then it, it, it then sort of it shows old footage, which they lovingly created this fake show that was meant to be done in the late 70s i think and then it also shows his whole career and like the downfall of the actor's career <laughs> his like troubles with drugs and different women and you know potential murders and all it just goes it goes you know crazy and it's done really really well and i know these guys spent you know a long time more than a year i think just working on this thing and piecing it together in a like all the little crazy pieces of it that's the sort of stuff that works really works when it works well yeah absolutely how about you well mockumentary wise like you could basically reel off any mockumentary and compare it favorably or otherwise um the ones that i thought of were american movie have you seen that no, where it's it's a it's a guy that I think he had some he had some footage of him and mates making a movie when he was younger, and then did a sort of uh, mockumentary thing of the making of the movie. I can't even remember, but it was a really good. And it was one of those where you're not sure sometimes, you're just not not sure where the line between reality and and taking the Mickey um, is. Love it. So so that that was that was one for me. You know, um, the Gordon Saint Pierre actor. David Lipper, mm. he really he really reminded me of Rob Schneider. Yes, like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah his, good one. The way he did the sort of French Canadian guru just seemed <laughs> like it should have been Rob Schneider doing that. You know, like it. And and then I started thinking anything Rob Schneider, <laughs> you know, that's that, was, that's what it reminds me of. That's so good. Yeah, it, it's that sort of style, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, I, I said Adam Sandler before, and like, yeah, they're the same in the same sort of ecosystem, aren't they? Absolutely, exactly. Any yeah, other for you? Uh, I've got a, I've got a few I can reel off. None that are very deep, but um, uh, let's see. There was a Netflix show, Flat Earth. No, not it's not Flat Earth. Uh, Behind the Curve. It right. was about flat earthers. <laughs> was that great? Yeah, I haven't, and, I haven't seen it. That that is the same category of film or whatever it is that you can't really tell if it's true or not. I think it actually was true. Oh wow! But but whether you've got American movie that is completely fake or behind the curve that is probably true, they both work for me because in in both cases I'm trying to work it out and I can't work it out. This one that. was too easy to work out, and therefore the mystery goes. 
Yeah, it was, wasn't it? You knew straight away. You could see you know, Beyond the Veil like really quickly with that one. Despite all the other, you know, good filmmaking that's in there, you just kind of knew, didn't you? You could feel it. So um, this is kind of a weird one, but yeah, Darren Brown, uh, that sort of magician that does the big... I love Darren Brown. You love keep, yeah. keep talking. Keep all right, talking. cool. So he did a series. I don't know where I saw it. It might have been Netflix. I'm not sure. But he did a series where he basically recreated crazy events and would like convince one person at the center of it that it was real and had, yep. he'd have these actors all around them doing it like one of them was a zombie apocalypse and mm. the whole point was to get this one guy to just totally believe that he's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and i think he had to risk his life and save someone from zombies that was sort of like the end goal another one was to get someone to push somebody off a building by convincing them that these people, that one of the characters was like really evil or bad in some yeah. way. I, I thought about that a bit because this whole premise feels very similar, like, except you've got like, you've got these three people at the center and they're trying to mm. convince a whole group of people that, that they are gurus and it's for real. Um, and then it gets kind of blurred, like whether or not they can now tell them that it's not real because <laughs> even when um, Gordon St. Pierre tries at, like at one point to tell them it's not real, like they, no one believes him. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's a good segue into a couple that I've got along those lines. Um, or, no, firstly, I should say the Darren Brown one, that, that's a great, great reference. <laughs> cool. I've, I've seen all of them and they are just so... How good are they? They are so cool. So mm. that's a recommendation for everyone watching. Google Darren Brown. Uh, but yeah, the, the the two about a almost a false prophet trying to tell everyone that they're false and no one believing them. One is Life of Brian. <laughs> yeah. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. And yet they still <laughs> treat him like the bloody Messiah. Yeah. And another one is Umbrella Academy. Ah. Where, you've, where you've got, I can't remember what the character's name is, but the guy with the long hair. I haven't um, seen any of that show yet. Oh, I thought you had. Sorry. No, I haven't. That's okay. Ooh. So it's a spoil, spoiler even for the for the host. Oh, wow. There you go. Okay. There's Can... there's someone, there's a character within Umbrella Academy. This doesn't affect your, your <laughs> viewing of that. A char character in Umbrella Academy that becomes sort of a, a guru and clearly isn't one. He's He's fake, but they... By the end of it, no matter how how much he says he's fake, they don't they don't buy it. Awesome! Hey, did you just you just made me think of uh, that Eddie Murphy film where he's a guru. I can't even remember what that thing's called. Do you remember that film? It's not called The Guru, is it? It could just be. It could be. I can't even remember. It just made me. You just made me think of it. How how uh, ridiculous that was. But he actually is a guru, right? <laughs> and then at some point everyone's trying to throw money at him and that makes him want to leave it's an off return to kind of storyline isn't it the the charlatan uh, guru uh, cult leader and that's that's all i've got like i feel like i've been a little bit harsh on this film honestly but at the same time <laughs> i struggled with it so what do you do you win you know some what? you lose some i don't think it's an oscar winning film so i, I think it's fair to be kind of picking holes in it because there's 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 there are holes in it. There's no doubt, but it's it's fun as well. You know, in its for, for what it is, I think it's it's fun. I've got one more. Curb your enthusiasm. The the series. That's that, great. Yeah. yeah, like I bloody love that series. But when you're just getting into it and you don't know the style of it, it's this weird balance of what is real and what what isn't. It seems so 
real and yet they are all acting. That is a um, great reference for this. That is a great reference. I totally agree. This has yeah. that feeling to it as well. It does. I'd argue Kirby Enthusiasm is is it done absolutely perfectly. Yes. And this yep. gets it sometimes and, and other times doesn't. Yep. Absolutely. Great reference. Yeah, and Curb Your Enthusiasm is weird as well. You kind of like it and don't like it at times, and but overall you love it. You know what I mean? Like there's some things you go, oh, yeah. and other things you, think, you just think that's just genius, and overall you love the whole thing. The things that get you are the style. They're all style issues. It does feel like it's set very much in the real world, and yet you've got people acting. It's kind of an odd thing to get used to. It just takes a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's situational comedy, so... Yes, there is a plot line that ties an episode together, but it's all about the situations that Larry finds himself in. Yeah, and absolutely. in a way, that's the only way I think to watch Reboot Camp. They've they've thought up some funny scenario, and you just watch it play out, and you get the giggle out of it. And <laughs> yes, there, there's something that you know brings it all together, but that doesn't really matter. I wish we could be at Austin and sit in the in the cinemas and watch mm. how these films landed with audiences, because that's that's a totally different thing. Like we're watching them in our mm. own living rooms, right? Sometimes, you know, a film like this in a crowded cinema kills and mm. you have to be there in, in that space with all the people and the laughing is infectious and that's part of the whole festival experience, which we're, we're of course just missing out on entirely. So I would love to have been, for all the films we're watching, to have been in those cinemas just to see how the rest of the audience responded. That's so true. It, that shouldn't matter, should it? But it it bloody does. And totally get, does. You get um just blown away by the like the oohs and ahs and the giggles. You just assume that that's correct. <laughs> Absolutely, and it also goes both ways. Like I've been to festivals where films just die in the ass in in the cinema in front of mm. a crowd and then they have the q a afterwards and you've got the filmmaker has to get up there on stage <laughs> and ask answer questions so it can go either way but generally you know i think the audience particularly at festivals people are keen to enjoy the films like i think you you usually have a pretty good audience yeah cool well i give this a good solid pass it didn't blow me away but i, I thought it i thought it was you know worthy of a spot i'll give it less than a pass but i think it's still <laughs> Worthy of a spot. <laughs> good, good. Well, well, we've got a couple of films left, so I'll, I'll see you on the next one, Baron. Brilliant. Cheers, Doc. Catch ya. See ya.